I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chafin. Please subscribe to our Patreon page. You can uh, hear all kinds of extras with uh, T.J. Miller on the road and hell gig stories and behind the scenes of a comedy club in Manhattan. So please support that. I could really use your support. So if you like this podcast, please uh, sign up for Patreon page. It's only like two bucks, and you can really kind of uh, get some extra stuff that I want to try to add. It's even getting better and better each week. So please support us, and uh, I'll give back, I promise. Like the wind, here we are. Uh, welcome to the I'll Leave You With This podcast, special edition Boston Comedy Festival, 20-year anniversary. Uh, this has been pretty cool so far. Very excited uh, being here at the festival. Um, we're doing the podcast live here at the Kamikaze comic book um, toy, everything cool and old that we wish we didn't throw away kind of store. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's <laughs> that kind of thing. I uh, I feel like uh, walking in a store like this, I just I was like, oh man, it's just like I remember like putting that in the cat box or you know lighting that on fire because you know and just like so many things I just just wish I still had. Anyway, so we're here. Uh, we're doing a live show. We have Larry in the audience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty excited. Like <laughs> hey, and Joey shows Joey up. Yeah, Joey Carroll shows up. And Last time uh, I was here, we had a great meal together. Yeah, we had fun. Yeah. So here That's we are. Thing that I remember. Sorry. <laughs> Dan, yeah, just it's no big deal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just trying to do an intro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. Amazing comedians here today. I usually don't do much of an intro up top, but um, Eddie Brill of Dan Crone, and uh, we're gonna just kind of just go off a little bit here. Um, so and today, I believe, is uh, Spidey uh, Saturday. Oh. This is, mm. uh, yeah, it's, I guess I assume that's Spider-Man. Um, I, Frank Spidey. Yeah, Spidey. <laughs> Spider-Rico, <laughs> maybe? <laughs> Spider-Rico from yeah. Rocky? You know? right. No? Right. Okay. <laughs> All the Spideys. Uh, I remember I had the uh, spider uh, underoos, the Spider-Man oh, yeah. underoos. Oh, yeah, that's a standard. Yeah. And it took everything to, I, I, my, I wouldn't take them off. My mother would try. <laughs> I mean, I smelled like the E-Train in Manhattan. Like, I just wouldn't take those things off. Now I'll but never be able to take the E-Train yeah. and not <laughs> yeah. think of you. In your underwear, <laughs> and you have you, al- you always think of me in my underwear. That's you outgrew them, and you but still now they did. I was so what they make it for adults now. Aha, uh-huh. uh-huh. and that's the thing. Can we, we probably buy them here. I probably could. I think Philly have everything. I'm going to take mine out of the stand. I feel more uh, natural this cool. way. <laughs> I'm going to keep mine in the stand just to be yeah? different. Well, actually, you different. Yeah, you do whatever you want. Okay. Um, Spider Man. Let's just keep it on Spider Man for a minute. Um, we don't need to talk about comedy. Like sure. We're in, we're in a beautiful. Comedy is enough. What, what do you think of the animated Spider Man? The animated. Um, that was good. Yeah, I, thought that was I really loved that film. Loved I thought that was pretty. I terrific. love most of the Spider Man. I even love the one that everybody shit on, which is the uh, Tobey Maguire one, because that's the same Raimi movie. Like you know, any way you look at it, it's still Sam Raimi. I like all that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I like again. It says, "Oh, I didn't really watch. You know, I didn't really think the acting. You think it was going to be an Academy Award winning movie? <laughs> it's Spider Man." Yeah. Well, what do you think about that? What do you think about Scorsese coming out oh, saying right. saying yeah, that yeah, the Marvel, Marvel movies are not cinema? Yeah. Let's right. go on that for a second. Um, I saw The Irishman, which was a phenomenal movie. Right. But uh, it wasn't Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was marveling at the uh, yes, at it was Joe marvelous. Pesci, and uh, yes. no, I don't know. I mean, I see what he's saying. I mean, I, I would that would make more sense if he said DC. Yeah, <laughs> but are you talking about Washington D.C. or the comics? It both. All right. I think it's all in the same. <laughs> I, I think know. it's all in the same. I don't. I don't know. I think um, maybe he's just jealous. I think it's a shitty thing to say. I don't. Yeah, you're I Scorsese. Don't know. Like stop. Stay in your lane. You're I think it's just work. that old man thing. Right. You know you what I mean? A little. It's just what happens. Yes. You know. Yes. Get yeah. off of my lawn. Yeah, kind of, it is. Uh, it's like shut up, dude. Sorry. How much money you have? Like you're yeah. 
course you're amazing. And then why you got to shit on these? And it's a different audience. I'm sure there's a ton of people that he's worked with that have tons to do with those franchises. Yeah. You know, you know what the funniest thing is? Is the, the Joker movie, which have you seen that? I have not. Um, feels like a Scorsese movie. That's the funny thing about that whole thing. Where it's it, like, if he, he didn't yeah. see that one. Yeah. That's yeah like, have you seen it? Uh, no, I, it is good. I, I was going to go see it, and uh, and then the sort of gig came along, and it was weird because the whole time I'm on stage going, I could be seeing the Joker right now, uh, yeah. <laughs> and this damn audience, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, they but ruin it, everything. They do, and uh, but I'm really excited about the film because it's very dark, and uh, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is such a great actor, and to well, well, I say every comedian is a check spot away from being the Joker. You know? Yeah, yeah like, right. we're all like, yeah. just one shitty gig away from like open fire on a Tonight Show. You know, I think and how ironic that how ironic that De Niro played Johnny Carson character. Yeah, I've been with you when the, at the Dangerfields recently. We were at a show where yes, it was like we were a check spot away from oh killing people. Oh my gosh, Those New York check shops are worse than uh, I've ever. I've we ever were seen. talking about that in the car. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's like um, here we kind of dance around it. Yeah. It still happens, but in New York, 100% of the crowd is looking at their yeah. checks. 100%? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we're just dancing happens. monkeys that move booze, you know? I'm sorry. And like, unless, but the movie know? itself, I thought it was <laughs> ironic that uh, De Niro plays the character from, the, you know, he was in, you know, playing the, King the, of New York the kind Tonight of Show, King of New York oh, yeah, character. Yeah, yeah and he, he's, really, he's really great in this. He's a little understated, but he's, um, you know, he's still De Niro. And it's just a really interesting dynamic because the whole, f you know, I don't, it's kind of hard because you guys didn't see the film, but yeah. but there is something to be said about social media affecting this whole thing. And so it's like kind of how, you know, things start to roll. But yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, but the fact that, it, you know, the funniest part was his notebook because his note, uh, he has this crazy notebook uh. of just like weird ideas. And so all that. And then to just see that it was filmed at Dangerfields, which right. we've all had. Oh, wow. Sets where we want to hang ourselves oh, right. okay. at Dangerfield, which is a great room, but sometimes you know you got to work. It's one right. of those rooms where it's like, I don't care how funny you are. Like right. sometimes you get the hang spot. And yeah. you, have to, you just want to hang yourself. <laughs> well, and the crazy thing, they didn't have the piano in the movie, and I thought, I was like, yeah, how, I was like how'd they get that piano out of there? Right. So, but uh, but it was a lot of money. He <laughs> <laughs> had union guys yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah, hey, but stay away from the piano. <laughs> But it was great to see, I don't know, to see it in that room. You yeah. Know, those little lamps and, you know, it's Dangerfield. It's like such a legendary club. Do you e think they should get rid of the piano now? How did it look? Did it look better without the piano? It looked way better. Because who plays the piano? Was yeah. Zach Afanakis dropping in? Like, who's, nobody's playing piano anymore. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think the idea yeah. of that old school comedy of people coming in and doing that stuff is great. But nobody's doing that anymore. Huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? K K K Robinson. Like, sure. who's doing it? Right. You know right. what I mean? There's I don't a guy named Sarge in Florida. Um, yeah, he's around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, was, he did this, he did this <laughs> festival in England, and, and my friend was running the festival, and he demanded a grand oh, piano. And, oh, he wow. and he never played it. Yeah. Hilarious! They spend money that's, tuning it. See, that's funny. And, yeah, that's real that, comedy. He's yeah, like, that's, was, yeah. it's like Doctor Don right? Shirley. Yeah, that's yeah. And the writer's a grand piano. <laughs> yeah, and a bottle of water. That's right. <laughs> and some just mints. one bottle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's mine. Writer, writer's yeah. mints there. Um, have you ever had anything crazy in a writer just to be silly? Never anything like that. Never. I, mean, I uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I got out alive. That was part of the writer. <laughs> <laughs> I, Cover uh, me. I'm I'm I, jumping to the. Car. I open for TJ Miller a lot, and he has a pinata at every uh, <laughs> green room, and it's just the funniest thing. Yeah, it's like we you know we get on the road, we get off the thing, we finally get to the club. You open up the door, and there's just ridiculous pinata in every every what's green it room. What's it filled with? Sometimes it's empty because they don't specify yeah. what you have to do. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, usually well, it's empty. What's the best pinata? Yeah. 
What it's, was the good one? Just like, well, he did. There was like a uh, like a donkey, and then he rode it out on the stage and oh, broke God. it in half. And it then was he like broke fit. the donkey. In yeah, half? it just broke it in half. Oh, it wasn't. And a real it got donkey. and it bombed. Like nobody was. They were like, "What are you doing? Like it didn't work." You know uh, those things. You think I'm famous and everything's gonna work? We laughed about it so hard because it was so. like it just was just awkward. It was an awkward like candy opening. spill out of it. I mean, what was going on? <laughs> no, it's just the head hit, like a, hit somebody in the yeah. table, and then it's like, and then you have to like anything that's like slapsticky. I don't know if you've ever done this. Where it's like if it doesn't work. Then there's that awkwardness of having to get up and like get a, you know you have to get like away from it. yeah you <laughs> got there's that that moment of time that feels like an hour where you have to stand up after the pratfall that didn't work you know like that I don't know just that weird moment of like oh this bomb but now you have to That's like the equivalent of maybe talking about the room or some detail in the room yeah and like nobody's like yeah I don't, yeah of course the bathroom sucks yeah I don't know just something <laughs> I always I don't know anybody that does anything physical and this is, I'm just like I, I don't know how they do that because right, when it sure. when that doesn't work it's very awkward and hilarious <laughs> when, when you're not work. part of it yeah. <laughs> when you can watch somebody else yeah. I remember there was a comedian who used to use a cassette tape at the comedy store to do the whole act and there was one time when the cassette broke and they forgot to bring the backup cassette. Now this comedian <laughs> can't do anything because they, don't, they yeah. don't have an act. Oh, wow. You know, I mean, the person's act was very funny with the cassette. But so all the comedians were laughing because we're friends with the guy. Sure. And everyone's yelling, tell a joke, <laughs> tell a joke. And he was freaking out because he didn't he never had to do that before. Yeah. And, but that was fun for not being him. Yeah, but that, I, I'm sure at some point, like, Carrot Top's luggage didn't show up. You know right. I mean? You know, there's had to have been Carrot some Tubbs, gig. The, uh, first comedian I ever saw live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really? And Tony V yeah. was uh, the opener. Oh, wow. And then Tony V eventually told, I've told this story before. Uh, Tell Tony, again. Tony eventually won the tour with Carrot Top before he would go on. And this is, again, he was small time. He just had all his props in a, in a little crate. Tony V would hide uh. the crate before he would go on. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> He's like, where is it? Where's exactly. my closer? That's, like, right. that's amazing. He's to mess with him. Yeah, yeah. There was amazing. a guy, uh, Bob, um, I can't think of his name, from uh, Maryland. And I, and we, Dennis Leary and I, and this guy we'd never heard of and can't remember his name, was working at the Comedy Connection. So when Dennis and I got there, there was food backstage. And the Connection usually didn't have food back there, but it was really nice of them to have this layout. So we're eating all the food and everything and enjoying it, waiting to meet this other guy, Bob. Nicholsby, or he said he was a roommate with Al Gore, guy. This guy, he was, uh, yeah, so you was know, Tommy Lee Jones, yeah, yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. There were three of them, and this this comedian, Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. and uh, one bed, right, one bed, no pi no pillows, and uh, no pillows, and so we're eating all the food, and the guy comes backstage and goes, "My act." We were eating his act. We didn't know oh, that. Fantastic. We didn't know that this food was not given to us by the Comedy Connection. I love that. Uh, but it was he had to run to Stan Mackett to go pick uh. up his to fi get his act. That's so and funny. We I, went on earlier. I have a, I've shared this story. I don't care. I've shared it with you too. Um, there's uh, you know Gallagher's brother, right? You know, Gallagher, Gallagher two. Gallagher two. Um, if you don't know, um, Larry. Is uh, <laughs> it's the brother of Gallagher. We have another yeah. guest back yeah. there. <laughs> hiding. Uh, oh, we got more. They're coming in. in. Okay. Yeah. You can use uh, it right there. So yeah. When they take pictures. Yeah. This is VIP seating right oh, here. Oh, okay. Okay, that's cool. It's all good. Uh, so anyway, uh, Gallagher too has a brother, and um, he apparently uh, kind of like loaned, like leased his act or something. It's almost like a contracted his act to his brother, right, where right, he right. allowed him to do his act at certain venues or something, and they, they had it all worked out, but they ended up hating each other afterwards mm. or something. But anyway, this is a story about uh, Gallagher 2 being in Long Island, and 
apparently he wasn't the craftsman his brother was. <laughs> and so he goes on stage, and he's about to do this legimatic bit, which is, uh, you know, the big hammer, big mallet going into the watermelon, which is his classic, his right. uh, his Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> he used a craftsman tool. To, he used it, it was by Sears, but it wasn't, he wasn't yeah, a craftsman. I don't think it was a Sears. They make good tools. Yeah. So he goes, he started to go, like, you know, to, to crush this watermelon, and apparently the, the top of the mallet, flew off Ooh. and hit a lady like square in the head and knocked her out wow. and right. they Closer. had to they, yeah <laughs> you can't follow that no. <laughs> so, yeah. so this they, lady they became her. a pinata <laughs> in a sense it all circles there it's you a go. Comic why you're here comic I need you. yeah and so it, 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 they put the paramedics they put her on a stretcher like they're pulling around and then apparently he tried to get back and finish the act and they were right. like no man the show's over you almost right. killed somebody we don't trust your trunk no, yeah so. you ever see that, that film of the guy kenny from texas and he's playing the guitar and he's oh, tackled and he smashes man. the guy over the oh, head with yeah. his yeah, guitar yeah, yeah. and some lady goes that ain't funny and he's like come on let's go and they're like fuck you and, <laughs> yeah. and, well, that's and, in the when stand-up stood up there's uh, a clip of that, that in? right oh, yeah. cool. somebody goes that was unnecessary right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've been i've been trying my hands <laughs> i've been obsessively trying to find that guy like oh, if you God. if you find him let me know right. that's Kenny, i really want to talk to that show that in that documentary but that's not from boston no it was from houston but they just kind of give it you know there's a lot of things in there they had to fill in 30 seconds i know also this might have happened in quincy yeah but he's a che Guerrero of comedy i mean he's just a hero you know like yeah. We've all wanted to do that. Yeah. You know, just that, thank you, Kenny. Just that moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the thing is, it was all broken, too, and he wanted to still finish his act. Just the neck of the right. guitar. Like, oh, really? What are you going to do now? Yeah. Play. Have you have you had moments where you wanted to just like destroy damn. somebody with a guitar? Yeah. Or the mic stand? Maybe destroy yeah. a guitar act. Right. Yeah. With their guitar. What's uh? How do you how do you keep in check when somebody goes nuts or says something stupid and I just like rapid fire delivery, which I think trumps anybody's ability to come at me. I just keep going. Mm. You know, just boom, draw boom, first boom, blood yeah, kind of thing. That doesn't give them. To, they'll be like, I want to. But that joke's kind of funny, you know. Like yeah. The, do you have anything that's in your head that somebody said? At I the, have this you thing s- now where I like if there's no stage, like if we're doing a show right now without a stage, I just go, yeah. guys, look at this. It's show business. And then I walk into the crowd. I go, and you're boring lots. <laughs> it's not really great for the for the audience, but I right. just love doing it. Nice. I'll be using that. <laughs> one time, um. <laughs> one time at the, we uh, were, do, were doing a show, and it was in '86 when the Red Sox were playing before the World Series with the Red Sox and Mets. It was Red Sox Angels. Okay. And there was a comedian friend of ours uh, who was on the show, and he had epilepsy, so he would have bouts of that occasionally. But he wasn't supposed to drink. Well, he had bet heavily on the Angels. Okay. And they lost uh, on a home run by uh, Dave Henderson, right? Remember Dave Henderson? Yeah. He had a home run to win this game. And, and in fact, the relief pitcher um, killed himself years oh, later because wow. he could never live with the fact that it had done that. But that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> um, but anyway, brought, good night. Brought this down. No, wow. So, okay. So, what a, what a the release. Joker. This the Joker. This comedian's yeah. on stage, and he was he got really drunk because he lost a lot of money on the bet. I got you. And he's not supposed to drink, and he has an episode on stage. Oh, and no. starts yelling at the audience, comedy's a sham. I don't even know why you guys are here. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. You know, what are you paying for us? We're losers, and why are you? And we're like... You can't get him off the stage. We're trying, you know, come on, you know, please. <laughs> and he was a dear friend, so we didn't want to see him, you know, be upset. But it just kept going on. The audience was like, ah, uneasy. We're, we're yeah. having a good time until you're making art. But he would just deconstruct the comedy in a way that no one wanted to ever go see comedy again. Oh, we yeah. had a literally, me and Fran Salamita were the <laughs> other comedians who I spoke to today and said to say hi. Not really. Um, and he, we had to pull him off. We had to 
carry him off the stage. It was oh, sad, wow. but now hilarious. That's yeah, funny. many years later. <laughs> was that so that would that single event kill the eighties? Comedy boom. People were like, I, yeah. this guy's right. Why yeah. are we going Why to are comedy? we here? Why don't we, yeah. why aren't we listening to music? Do you or... feel that every time? I don't know. Yeah. Not in a negative way, but you yeah. look at an audience, you're like, hell, why, why wouldn't anybody pick to do this tonight? Not yeah. to say like I think that every time, but sometimes you just have those moments like, why, why are they here? Yeah. What, what oh, is the point? I, of this? I, yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen a line of people lining up right, and I go, right. hey, don't they know it's me? Why are they standing in line? Is your internet down? Like, what's yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to keep it together with audiences <laughs> and it's tough. You know, it's like I just the rudeness. The phone has really flipped me out like that. Over the years, it's like I mean, I started comedy. There was no phone thing you had to deal with. And then It'd be weird if someone brought yeah. in their rotary, <laughs> rotary phone, phone and kept it. In the <laughs> like, stop with it! Don't do. If you do nine, I'm gonna kill you. If you do nine, I'm gonna kill you right now. We got, we got a sitter. We got a sitter. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we'll murder you if it's a nine. Uh, but yeah, but that's that's been a thing that we've had to like all of us had to deal with. You know, yeah. it's like just the light, the light coming up, right. and then it's so hard to like you know ignore I, it. I, you know, I'm addicted to my phone, so I un- kind of understand it. Right. I, but we're not doing you would right. do it at the I'm, Lion yeah. King or something if you were watching a yeah, show. Yeah, of course, the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm thinking this is a great bit for you to do. Take your phone out on stage and be like, "What? what? You guys do it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that is funny. Yeah, you're I just like, oh, I'm just gonna check mine if you're checking yours. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, oh, boom. There we, we all have yeah, something let's now. Take a picture yeah. of ourselves <laughs> taking a picture of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, but it, but I think comedy sometimes it is about that. Just that, just not snapping in those moments and mm-hmm. keeping it keeping it back on track. You know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I've, I've grabbed the phones a lot. That can go either oh, way. Yeah, oh, right. when oh, you, when you're on stage? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just like, give me that phone, yeah. put it I in my pocket. I stopped guy at Dangerfields yeah. last weekend. Yeah. We were such a great crowd, and this yeah. guy wouldn't shut up, and he just wouldn't shut up. And every time, and I was really being nice and being trying to be funny, and then finally didn't I was like, shut the fuck up. I said, you know, don't you understand? And I just got into psychology of it with you. And he's like, why do we need to learn the psychology? I said, this guy's insecure, and he doesn't get to talk to people, and he's this. And finally, at the end, I just said, good night, everybody, and you, sir, never go to a comedy show again, ever. And, and, you know, and I was like, and I walked up, and I go, what's wrong with me? Why? <laughs> Relax, pal. You know, you just made $75. It's not the end of the world, you know? Uh, at least you get 75 I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm the heavy hitter. Wait, what you year are. is this? Because it either be 86 or this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> 86 are paying 50. Oh, man. Yeah, I it's, I don't know. I think that's just part of it. And I feel like this Joker movie kind of taps into that Ooh, a little bit. Oh, I like how you it brought taps that into that. It. Yeah. it taps Steve. into the psychology it, of yeah. kind of how, you know, when Jim audiences... Jim told us we've been doing research react. before I the know, podcast. Well, have you not seen it? I like, it's it's a, it's a huge lesson, movie. Right? Look yeah. what we are. Like, yeah. You know, it's, you should see a movie like that before you come into a place. Yeah. Do you? Is there a toy? But the fact that we're in this place um, that you wish you still had, that you remember, that you coveted, that's worth that's worth tons of cash. All this stuff. It's like all. It's behind you. It's uh. It's like every. It's like every Star Wars thing ever. Oh, the '70s stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah vintage stuff. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, I loved all that. Yeah, stuff. I liked the X Men stuff when I was a kid. I used to have yeah. a bunch of that, and you know, I had a bunch of all kinds of stuff. I had one of the you know when I was a kid, I loved cartoons. So my parents also loved comic books and cartoons. And it was the best thing I ever got that I wish I still had was this Hanna-Barbera set with all the characters. And they were really nice. well-crafted. And unfortunately, in a move, oh, of uh, once you know a box was stolen yeah. by the 
company. And and that was really like I think it'd be worth a lot, but to me personally, nostalgic wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a great, no cool doubt. Snagglepuss and Quick Draw McGraw and all the stuff from my childhood. I that sold a bunch great. of basketball cards that I collected when mm. I was a kid, like when times are rough or whatever it was. I like, and then I regret it so much, and not because there were any value, just seeing, looking at the pictures. Well, when right, you're a comic, yeah. like that's your 401k. Right, you know? I, I, right yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it's yeah. like you got to have something. Where I was like, yeah. I should probably just <laughs> hold on to that stuff shit. In yeah. That I've been collecting for years. Yeah. And then like the guy was like, mm. I, he's, I'll just he, one big box. He, he just took, he just bought the whole box. Yeah. So there wasn't like, I could have kept like one card. Oh, let me get this one because I like this one. And I think about it every day. That I, yeah. That yeah. Well, I, and then yeah. you come into a store like this yeah, and go, here like, they are. Yeah, here's everything. Well, you know, $1,000 um, from the X-Men yeah, thing. That I, well, being from Texas, is like, you know, we were a little white trashy and stuff. And our hero, really? our hero in Texas was uh, Evil Knievel. Ah, and sure. And yeah. just, he was everything that was cool to us growing up. And he was had the Elvis leather jumpsuit. And right. he was just flying over these cars on a motorcycle that was way too heavy to be doing that like yeah <laughs> that's the thing. he was a hero and, to us in new york and, and he had know. that and, and there was that one toy where you wound up the you know the yes, ring, 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 yes, ring, yes, ring, yes. and then the you know the little motorcycle would just like take off all right you gotta take off joey all right oh you gotta go oh, joey come here for a second Look. we'll <laughs> get hello, put you on mic say hello Joey Carroll is a comedy comedian. Hero, comedy legend. Yeah, you're tapping in. You're tapping in. Uh, comedy legend. Good guy. You know. so we want to have you on the show. So uh, okay, just man. so give us a little. Uh, your uh, so how long you been doing comedy in uh, Boston? Like, uh, my my entire comedy career, 27 years. Yeah, that's great. Paid some dues, baby. Yeah, there's Who, no gold watch at the end of the rainbow. No, there's <laughs> no rainbow. There's no rainbow. At the yeah, end this is not a gold watch. <laughs> yeah. Look where we are. Yeah. There's golden showers yeah. at the end yeah, of the yeah, Hey, yeah, who yeah, books yeah. that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who did you uh, come up with in, like, like in your scene of I like came young up guys? With, uh, it was the days of um, Dane. Bobby Kelly, Burr, mm -hmm. Patrice, nice, nice, and uh, a few other monsters in there. Too. Yeah, and it was just working every Hell Room, every Billy Don's gig. Yeah, all the Barry's rooms and uh, Barry Cats. Yeah, and it was always the mystery of what am I getting paid? Right. When am I getting paid? Yeah. Or am I getting paid? You're right. And <laughs> it was like, okay, pick a door. What you was know, what was a young Patrice O'Neill like? Just because we got him after Boston in New York. You know what it was? His attitude never changed. Yeah. Patrice honestly didn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. If he thought it was funny, he was going with it. Yeah. And if the crowd loved it, that was great. But if they didn't, all right, I got something else you may not like. <laughs> it, was just, it was just so much fun to watch. Yeah. The truly just unshakable. But I think Boston was responsible for that because it was a community where people really were art. Love the art of comedy, and despite the bookers or whatever, um, and, you know they did. Prov there were some great rooms that we worked, but you know guys like you and and that whole group Burr, and the reason why everyone did so well is because the community really was a good community. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we'd be at horrible shows, and you there'd be a crowd of ten with six comics in the back, and you would be playing to the six comics. Right. The yeah. crowd was just irrelevant. So this is natural for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Big yeah. yeah. Larry, I, I don't think I've worked. Larry, right. Larry, Larry. Larry. Yeah. I hope I don't let you down. I don't give a fuck. And we got lights that work. This is yeah, uh, no, this is huge. Oh, my, this is much better than most of the clubs. Well, right. what's what's the Chinese restaurant? Ding Ding Ho. Ding Ho. Yeah, I, I Did you guys? There. You guys are both there. I I came in right after the Ding Ho. Okay. So I went to the other, the Kowloon. 
Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did the crossroads uh, with like Leary and Paula Poundstone and Bob Goldthwait and yeah. all them. And then uh, Mike McDonald got me to in, met. Uh, I met Barry Crimmins through Mike. Yeah. Because I went to college with Mike, and I got to do the Ding Ho, and it was amazing to yeah. you know work with. What was great about that room? Um, it was first of all the comics were all allowed to just be themselves. It was a great community, like I was saying before to Joey about the community in Boston was so good and everyone was able to be free. And uh, Barry Crimmins, you know, set the scene for all of us to, you know, succeed by, uh, and the crowds came Inman Square, they came and they packed the place. And, you know, a lot of these people are our friends, so even if we weren't that funny, we yeah. would, you know, they would laugh. And that happened a lot early on and gave us the confidence. Plus, Lenny had a TV show on Channel 5 that he would put us on sometimes. And, <laughs> and Mark Parento, had a like um, cable access kind of thing? radio yeah. show BCN, which was the one of the biggest radio yeah. stations in the world. So we were in the fifth largest market, um, nice. getting on radio and television. And Mike McDonald had a, a cable TV show. Um, it, you know, we were very blessed, and and to to start out in Boston was really better than most communities. Not that there's not great communities in Austin and Denver and all this stuff, but we were blessed in Boston to have a great. Uh, scenario. Yeah, and you're uh, you're friendly with Stephen, right? Yeah, went yeah. to school with Stephen. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. So what was uh, I just I just love the idea of this question. What was a young Stephen Wright like? The same. same <laughs> I just know because was, I don't know because I know these people. Another level. He was wearing diapers. <laughs> uh, was, how his young? hair was thicker. How young? <laughs> you know, yeah. let's say I was great at this. I just love it. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah, he was. You know, just a very funny wordplay. You know, him and I really yeah. laughed like you know twelve year olds when we hung out then, and we well, still do the. I heard, I heard he was just like you know the story is that he was just he was that nervous and so of and that's kind of how the demeanor happened or whatever with his like deadpan a style. A bit nervous, but he that was yeah. who he was. It was yeah. He was that he's he's that human. You know yeah, I've I mean? met him and he is, and you're just like that's not an act. No, like, yeah. and yeah, it's not like <laughs> it's he's like, putting. I remember he was so powerful, and I remember once at the Ding Ho, he was playing with like the grout on the wall behind him, and not even facing the audience, and he was killing. And it was like, how does he not even focusing on them? But um, yeah, he was. It was really just good to see great material, and you know, we love Car Carlin back then. Yeah. Me and Stephen, we talked about Carlin. We were in college, and you can just see the influence of Carl of Carlin and Stephen in the kind of way he was economical with his words. Yeah, absolutely. That's so great. The, the Ding Ho was the first time I ever went to see live comedy. Okay. And it was just, they were rock stars at the time. Too. Yeah. Oh, so you saw the comedy, then you became a comic yeah. later. Okay. And it was just amazing to watch them. And then I've got one funny story about you, as a matter of fact, mm. Eddie. One of the first times I worked with Eddie was at the Kowloon. And you had been to a Bruins game. Mm. And I believe invited Reg Lemelin, the goalie. Um, right. Was, was it hit? Was it no, it wasn't Lemelin. Which one was it? It was one of the goalies. I right. think it was a goalie. It was Lemelin, though. I remember. I I can't remember which guy it was. I'm trying to think, and I'm like, "You're kidding me!" He's like, "Oh yeah, I invited him." I went, and he showed up. My brother hasn't seen me. <laughs> That's so great. But it was just so awesome. I'm such a hockey yeah. fan. I mean, I have oh, had yeah. Eddie knows everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you did the, and you did the hockey bit. Yeah, of course. Which was just crushing. It was fantastic. fun to do it. Yeah. The way that bit came about, I was working in Buffalo, New York, and Bernie Perron's um, oh. nephew was in the audience. So we started ad-libbing together, and the bit came about wow. it because I had just gone to see Buffalo versus Toronto opening night 
and Toronto started the season with a penalty. They were they before the game started. They got two minute penalty for putting the wrong lineup into the referees to start the game. <laughs> so it was all right. Let's joke about that. And yeah. I went on stage and started talking about hockey. And some guy, I start talking to him, and he's Bernie Perron's n- nephew or whatever. And oh. uh, it came about. So yeah, you guys love hockey out here. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, you know, I've gone online in Boston and said, look, I'm in town. Can I, does anyone have tickets? You know, you, who's, um, who's like, uh, this kind of, and not that Chris you, Chris Nyland, I think came to the, oh, okay. The Chris Nyland, local Nyland. guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Went to school with my cousin. Oddly ah, very enough. cool. Yeah, they Knuck, used to, they used Knuckles. To, yeah. They used to fight all the time. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's somebody a while that was in the crowd. That's like a celebrity that you didn't know at all, but it just happened to be in the crowd. Do you have um, any of those moments? What's her name? Oh, God. Uh, she's one of my favorite directors of all time. Uh, Elaine May. Okay. That was one of the coolest moments for me because I had just seen Mikey and Nikki, okay. which is one of the greatest films of all time. Uh, you know, Cassavetes and Peter Falk. And she directed it. And I was a huge fan of her work. And also Nichols and May. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, my parents loved them. So, of course, yeah. I saw them. So, to see her in the audience was, I gulped. Yeah. You know, I've had a lot of people in the audience in New York over the years. Uh pretty big celebrities but yeah. that's my nerd weird cool yeah. love that she was in the audience mine was polly from rocky burt young oh yeah <laughs> that's right he's fantastic i would i could i just couldn't concentrate every time i would just try to do my act I'm like you're polly <laughs> stand up and he he had like a 20 yeah and he had like a 20 year old with him and like a nine-year-old son like he was fantastic oh. it was just it was so funny but uh yeah bruce willis that was weird yeah. you know trying to like he used to run a comedy club it. in idaho Bruce Willis? Yeah. Wow. He had a, a The Bruce Willis. Yeah. Really? He was a big uh, musician. <laughs> he was a musician. I knew at that. Club, and he would see a comedy. He would club. do comedy nights. Uh, oh, do comedy club. nights. Okay. Right. Well, it wasn't but like it was a, a regular thing. It was. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Bruno's Chuckle Hut. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It was something In Poughkeepsie. Like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it was very close. <laughs> it's always a Chuckle Hut. All right. right. Do you need to tap oh, out? Man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm glad to see you. Mine was Brad Delp from Boston. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like. Yeah. <laughs> you want to plug anything? How can we uh, get um, all your great comedy? I'm, I'm actually going to work with Emo down at the Rockwell, and I'll be uh, I'll be honored honored around Boston for the next probably 30 years. All right, all right. great. <laughs> Joey Carroll, everybody. <laughs> all right, yeah. Going to the party tonight? I'm going to try, but we're please yeah, make it. Try to do all right. All right. All right. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. See you guys. Good job. Joey, it's all a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Larry, you might tap in soon. All right. <laughs> you want to bring Larry? I'll, I'll You're right. Larry, come on in. Do you have to leave? No. All right. Oh, okay. Not yet. All right. I have about 10 minutes. Okay. So what, what, are you, what are you doing? Oh, you're serious? Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. Come on in, Larry. Get in. Tap in. So we're bringing in. Uh, I got bringing some real questions. I got some questions for him. You just yeah, moved here okay. for comedy. I want to. I want to really. We're uh, bringing in somebody from the audience, from our live audience. Uh, Is this your first seat. podcast? Say no. No. Nice. Okay, Larry. What's the last name, Larry? Uh, Fulford. Larry Fulford. That sounds familiar. Um, hey, Larry. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. Uh, thanks awesome. for um, coming out. Are you um, a fan of stand-up and podcasts and stuff? Is that how you like find out about this? This huge event. Yeah, what brought you here? It's <laughs> actually it's sort of a weird story. Oh, I love uh, you're perfect. Get out of here, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> we got a ringer. We got a ringer. <laughs> he coached him. All right. Uh, so years ago, I was on tour with a with a band in New York, and we had a night off. And we went to the cellar, 
mm. and saw you. Oh, okay. And then two yeah. years after oh, that. Oh, dude, I know you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like eight years ago. I know. Now. That's I, why I, I said that. I go, that's familiar. Oh, oh that's wow. hilarious. Yeah, what's up, dude? Good to see you again. Yeah, I didn't recognize you. you. I didn't recognize I mean, you. That's been, crazy. Oh, it's been a minute. It's that's been a long so day. funny. Yeah. yeah, so you still doing music? Uh, not since 15, but still doing stand-up. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, so did you, did you, you did music and stand-up, right? There was a crossover, and then I had to. it was one or the other. You had to pick one or the other, yeah. so you went with stand-up. Went with stand-up. Yeah, now. there's more chicks in stand-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, I mean, there's more podcasts. <laughs> Definitely more podcasts. Definitely. Hey, here we are. This, that's hilarious. I knew you looked familiar, and then like you explained it. I didn't even want to. I didn't want to mention it until oh, the end. That's funny. This is, this that's fun that's one. funny. And then you're on the show. <laughs> the huge. Sweet. That's so funny. And you've been doing stand up uh, here or in Boston? Uh, we just moved here from Chicago about three months ago. Oh wow! So, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So you're uh, looking to crack in. Yeah, man, it's yeah, fun. Sure. I mean, the scene here is great. The scene, the it scene's is been awesome. It is What's, indeed. Uh, how was how how was Chicago? It's a good scene there too. Chicago. As well. uh, yeah. So I started in Florida and then was in Chicago for three years. The scene in Chicago was great. Yeah. Okay. It's overwhelming at first, and then once you get used to that, you're like, it's fine. Nice. There's little pockets of it all over the city. So. Very cool. I so funny that I know you. I, of course, <laughs> of course, I know the audience. That's how sad my life is. Like, <laughs> I can't even have a real audience member. They know me. Uh, not that you're not real, but uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, this guy just like looked me up. And like, hey, like, this looks cool. Yeah, I know you are. For what yeah. it's worth, since yeah. we met, I mean, I fought. I mean, I kept it. No, you're cool, man. I appreciate it. It's it's funny when you have like a relationship uh, on social media. Like it doesn't feel real. Like it feels weird that you're not this tiny little box Just picture. Yeah, it's weird yeah. not to see you as a real person. I I find that awkward sometimes when you like see people that you've only known for online relationship. Also with podcasting, that medium as well. People are like, oh, yeah. I know you. Yeah. You're like, oh, really? Yeah, I remember that story. You had your pants off. Right, what? Right, and you're right, like, right. oh, I told. That. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I forget that I told that stuff. Um, but that isn't. That's where we are now. You know, we know each other more off you know ridiculous thoughts we have you know on our threads and stuff. But uh, all right, well, you're in this. You're loving it. I mean, comedy. This is great. Yeah. Three of <laughs> three of us are a workshop kind of dudes, so we could uh, we could coach you through this. Indeed, <laughs> so, indeed. He's a, he's a great coach. This yeah. guy. So, he's just in Boston as well. Yeah. 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 Oh, right on. Yeah. Oh, you teach there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I saw you there. You were great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What would you say? How's your teaching method? What do you? What do you? Like you just said, a coach. <laughs> that's like it. Yeah. It's that's like, what I do. I, I call say, a coach. Hey, here's where you can go do it. Okay. Let me know if you're gonna go do it. Okay. I'll let those people know that you're gonna come and do it. Okay. That way you can get a little treatment and get a good spot of the open mic. Come back and we'll workshop jokes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's it. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Like you know? I would say, you can't. I go. You can't teach people to be funny, but you can teach them about stand up. Or you can pull something from them that they don't know is sure, funny. right? Yeah, yeah. I think that to me, but it's the inherent a, funniness like that. You can't. That's that's. I it, for me, I feel like that's not. No. Yeah. Teachable. Yeah. And also, I think a lot of just to say, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people, I love know, it. I love don't it. know the the um, the nonverbal part, mm. and they don't. They're just not aware of it, uh, you know. And it just makes such a difference how words are only one form of communication, right. and people forget that. Like a lot of people fill the spaces with right or you know, which I did at the beginning, and you learn how to use that, those spaces. And that's something you can share with someone, right, right, but yeah. you never want to tell them how to do it because there's no rules. Nope, that's right, that's, that's right. You know? Yeah, I just I show them like people I enjoy right. that I would think are be helpful, you know, and I tell them what 
shows to do and go out there. And then mostly it's workshopping, which is yeah, just like, that's what I do. I you just come in with your jokes. We'll work them. Yeah. I might give you a line. You might have a line for me and we'll just do that for like an hour or two. And that's so fun. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I you don't like think like you're teaching like, and then another thing about an impression, it, like, no, no, nobody, that's not what we're doing. Yeah. Just like, come up with good. it yourself. I'm going to run over to the theater because I'm okay. warming up. So, so. All right, Eddie, uh, where can we follow you online? Yeah, just follow me around the yeah, corner. Yeah, that's a good plug. <laughs> 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 you know, what, what I do want to plug is yes, I, I have this very something. cool video podcast called OG Talk, oh, The Organic oh. Grill in New York. Nice. I, I guests uh, include comedians like Artie Lang and Colin Quinn, and then, you know, Bobby Ojeda of the Mets, previously the Red Sox. And uh, cool. John Joseph, who's the lead singer of the Cro-Mags. Nice. And, um, you know, Siv from the Gorilla Biscuits. and So we've, we have a big, wide audience. But it's really cool. It's on YouTube, the video, okay. or on every audio podcast. It's brand new, so I want to get that, oh, no. that oh, word out. Very, very cool. Awesome. All right, I'll Check see you out. later on. All right, thank you, Eddie Brill, legend. It's great to meet you in person. Boston yeah. comedian. Yeah, 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 sure. Hopefully we'll see you. Brother. Yeah. Yes. I'll, see, I'll be in the car with you for five hours. Okay. Uh, <laughs> podcast. Podcast, yeah, we'll finish it up in the car, <laughs> get a lapel mic, um, but yeah, I think that's uh, you know it's funny. I there's some people that coach. I think the reason that I actually coach people is because of how many bad people do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like that's one of the reasons I got into yeah. uh, helping comics because I felt like there's so many shitty people. I was like, you've done nothing. Right. I'm not saying I've done a lot, but sure. I've done more than the sure. these most of these people. And I'm like, and, and I just can't understand why. I try to let them know at first hand. I go, why am I doing this? I'm trying to supplement my income on a Monday at from four to six. Number one, let's well, say that's, that. Uh, I want to put it on the I want to think that you care more. Also, but I, No, you're damn right I do. <laughs> but I want to let them know that like, also you, you have just, the advantage it's easy of money I'm, I'm super is, passionate about this. Which yeah, let's too. let's lead with no, that. Just, <laughs> no, but like, I like to do that. I like to do that to break people's like, yeah, like I don't have sure. expectations that like people are going to make it like let's just work on jokes no, period but, but my whole thing is if you don't make a living at it you probably shouldn't be teaching like uh, just I, I don't know i don't know about that i think it's so still comedy you're still using the you're still using if you comedy. haven't made a living i don't think you should talk about it right but if I, you I, have I, a break in the road that's fine when but somebody's you, like oh would you go do this gig i'd like i'd rather just talk i talk comedy for free i mean you know like it, i'd rather no i'm just saying if your life of comedy oh, sure, hasn't yes. been a career and you haven't made money at it i don't think you should be and i'm talking about guys that i've seen just guys start teaching immediately yeah <laughs> I've i've seen guys I'm do sure that. of course they, of they course. go from the producing a bringer show and then yeah. they got some open yeah. mic buddha oh, thing yeah. and they're just doing this whole thing right so anyway and you want your teachers to have experience yeah you can't have them to be like here's what i did on that one show i did last year yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like he's in the trenches and he's doing the, the trenches. Work. Yeah, it's like I have something to offer, so I just want to do it. But uh, uh, one thing, it's like there was somebody that was uh, my girlfriend's a comedian. She's doing really well, and she but she took a comedy class, and the guy told her uh, no storytelling. He's like uh, nobody does that anymore. <laughs> so, huh. And you're just like, right. really? Right. Does nobody do right. that anymore? Because that seems to kind of be the trend. That's the worst if you hear yeah. about things that other teachers say, and you're like, yeah. Wait, what? How it, are they qualified to tell them? It's that, such right? a bold statement. And people are paying money for this, and they don't know what their teachers' requirements and what their yeah. background is. They just think, oh, Larry, do you feel you're getting like, um, like a lot of advice that maybe you take in or don't take in, or what? You know? How's Boston so far? Right yeah. Here or just, or just anywhere in general? Oh, just since uh, you started wanting to do this full-time and everything yeah and there's i mean there's a lot of advice that i've taken in there's a i get so i remember having friends that started out and they wouldn't take advice unless the person was a comic for x amount of months and i'm like i'll take advice anywhere unless it's something like there's no storytelling in comedy <laughs> yeah, something, yeah. something where you're like that's a red flag dude you yeah know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah um but yeah i try to absorb i try to hear it all and then just kind of go no that's maybe not yeah, 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 maybe not the best. Any any nuggets that's stuck in your head that's people have like or you've learned from just like good comics and mm. just studying people and like what's 
one of the first piece of advice that I got that stuck as that has stood the test of time is uh, be careful what questions you ask the audience. Mm, that's such a great one. That's a great yeah. one. Arnie Ellis. See, I don't. I think he does theater such now in L.A. One. But that's such a good one. Yeah, I still have to tell myself that. And why do I fucking ask the question? I don't need to ask the question right. to I'm get into the joke. I give I the advice out, no and then I make the mistake in that same show. I'm like, hey, don't do that. And then like later on, I'm like, hey, you know, so what? What do you got? And they're like, oh, I can't believe I just said that. Right? Rhetorical yeah, questions. Yeah, that yeah, there's yeah. it. Just you know, and it gives somebody. And and sometimes you'll you'll be doing you know a few in a row, and then the people will just respond you'll be some girl like yeah uh-huh yeah. she'll answer every single one and you're like why didn't why am i doing maybe this maybe you want a real answer maybe you're actually trying to set up something but they just want to have fun they're like fuck you well, they say the, yeah. like the real well they say who's whoever they is but like the real yeah. reason you're doing it is because you don't have confidence in your line of thought so you go right. you guys ever notice well here's what i notice anyway regardless of you guys but you say that first right to make to have the crowd be like it's a, I didn't know it's a nervous yeah. tick i think yeah. it's just like a you know what i'm saying kind right of thing like, well like I, my criticism is to people where i'm like hey don't ask the crowd about if they smoke weed just tell your weed joke like period it's true like, you know like, it's so much stronger when you do that just do yeah just do it again who cares and i always go who cares if they smoke just right. tell your joke it's i mean great. yeah it's i can't it's help trying it. to feel like they're on it's well, like steve it's, martin has that he says uh don't ever don't, he hates comics saying how how's everybody doing tonight right. he hates that yeah because you've blown the most important right you should know or you're or going whatever, to yeah. you're going to let them know how they feel my favorite yeah. thing is steve martin playing the astrodome and he's like how many people got cats and everybody's like <laughs> and he goes Okay, nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huge influence. Uh, oh, yeah. Steve Martin. No, no, um, he's the reason I'm doing. He's he was just all crazy that cr crazy, just yeah. weird kind of just so many different you There's know different here. things in there. People which, coming uh, in and now they're audience. We have to do another forty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going. Yeah, we'll, we'll start That's from the lot. beginning. This place is popping. <laughs> he was, our, he was the cover. audience. Now he's actually a yeah, you might you might get it. It's kind of one of these things. You might end up being on the show. We don't we don't really get. Um, who yeah, is no Steve Martin definitely. Who else? Who else is an influence? I mean, um, I, I think again, Steve Martin was number one when I was a little kid because I never saw anybody doing that. But then when I started to get into comedy and like comedy, um, Attell. David Tell. Yeah, that was it. Insomnia from Comedy Central. That was like the guy. Um, I feel uh, Skanks for the Memories is the perfect. Uh, see, uh, album like it is my favorite. Comedy it's the album. perfect yeah. album. Yeah. Um, the, to, the, to me, I think the Sam Kinison's okay. first special is the perfect special, sure. Sure. and I think David Tell's the perfect yeah. album. And like, because it's edited down, it's like there's, there's just, I mean, it's you can't even laugh at it. it you know, it's funny, but it's so that fast. Album, and we're, we're talking about how crowd interaction. Yeah, in a specific track on one of the, uh, Tell's on that first album. He's just doing a joke about relationships, and a woman yells out, "Love hurts!" Like the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> yeah. But that's what we were talking about about like people screaming out stuff yeah. based on like you know your act, and they they can resonate with something like something like that. His is just again rapid fire. Yeah, no room for that. He, um, I like David Tell. Um, he he always made me relapse. You know, he <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was such a legend that I'd be getting sober. I'd be like a year sober, and then David Tell would be like, "Hey, you want to go drinking?" I was like, "Oh my god, yep, uh, <laughs> let's go!" And then he would like take us to a bar. And he would line up shots. We would all do these shots, thinking, "I'm crazy. I'm hanging out with the guy from Insomnia. Sure, sure. This is my life. My career is going to change." And then we'd look around. He'd just be gone. Yeah, <laughs> like no he would always just Irish exit us every time. He would buy he'd buy all the drinks, and then we'd think we we're going to hang out all night long, and then he would just leave. But uh, but yeah, his jokes are perfect. Like yeah, I love, love uh, that, that album. So prolific as and well. I listen to it. I think I listen to it definitely. Like you know, once, once or twice a year. Just to yeah. Larry, who do you? Who's influences? 
Oh, it was uh, so probably like middle school. It was Kennison and it was Dennis Kennison. Leary. I feel like because I'm that age, so they there was a weird crossover Kennison. moment where what is MTV comedy? Is it a sensitive topic with the uh, Dennis Leary Bill Hicks thing here in Boston? Uh, no, do we try really to pretend? About, do we try oh, to pretend it didn't happen? No, it's before my time. <laughs> number one, and also like yeah. uh, like Leary isn't doing like spots in the, in Boston. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't, he doesn't come up. He came up obviously the last weekend when comics come home, which is our biggest show. Do you guys know what I'm talking about, the audience? Bill Hicks. Do you know who Bill Hicks is? Okay, comedian. Um, very um, uh, influential, kind of political, kind of ranty comedian of late 80s, I guess. And uh, you've heard of Dennis Leary? No. Uh, okay. Are you just <laughs> I like this crap. Are you just in, the, in the store and they're like, go back there. <laughs> Yeah, we're just here to, we're here to learn culture. I get it. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. You know, no, I'm just curious because I didn't want to go on this story if you didn't. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, a lot of times in comedy, I feel like um, there's people that influence comedians, and then there's something that feels a little too influenced, meaning that maybe they've taken things and maybe they've, you know, took more than they should and stuff. So it was always this thing with these two comedians, Dennis Leary. Uh, was kind of more of the famous comedian who came after Bill Hicks. And so a lot of people said that he, you know, kind of like took some of that thunder from mm -hmm. Bill Hicks. And uh, the funniest thing that I thought was, um, I, I remember I was working a, um, a Comedy Central roast. Um, I was just ushering it, and it was like one of these early jobs and stuff. And I was so excited to be at the roast. And it was a Densley roast, mm -hmm. and it's the Manhattan Center in, in Manhattan. And he was... Uh, you know, and I got to watch the whole thing. And it was like Lenny Clark and it Gavin. Was like, Don Gavin was on that, yeah? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lenny Clark and Nick DiPaolo and all mm -hmm. stuff. And then and so all these guys and every single comedian that uh, roaster that gets up on stage, every single one makes a Bill Hicks reference. They're like, What am I gonna say about Dennis Leary that hasn't been said about Bill Hicks? Oh, wow, it's like wow. like Bill Hicks, you know, aren't you glad he died? Cancer in that irony, whatever. They just all pop, 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 yeah, pop. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Bill Hicks died by the way too. And then <laughs> the, <laughs> that's important to say. <laughs> so Dennis Leary rocketed and um so so everybody makes fun of him mm -hmm. that's on the panel and the dice or whatever and so everybody makes fun of him and then here's the deal and then and then i f and then it airs and i and i realize um they didn't they cut out every single bill hicks reference oh, wow. and then i look again wow. closer Dennis Lee produced his own roast. That's the power wow. of being a producer. Wow. Wow. It's like he took out every single Bill Hicks reference. And there's none of it on there. Wow. The one that aired, there's nothing on there. So I just thought it was interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I see it all the time sure, you know, course, with, yeah. with comics yeah. and stuff. And sure, everybody and their mother's a comedian. And I think that. Dennis Leary is great, and he has his place. But, uh, but yeah, it, it is one of those weird things. It's like, um, did you guys see Dolomite? No. The Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. Did you I see it? Just oh, good, did. good, yeah, good. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Oh, you like Dolomite? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I won't spoil it for you. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a real person. Um, it's a true story about, um, I guess, a, kind of a struggling entertainer that couldn't quite... Um, make things happen for himself and so he kind of reinvents himself he creates kind of a character from 
kind of people in the neighborhood and people that he kind of was exposed to and kind of, you know, just developed this this Dol- Dolomite character that, um, you know, ended up kind of resonating with people and it kind of took off and it was like this big thing. He ended up being a movie star and making his own movies and became a big thing. And uh, but he was inspired by, you know, other people kind of personalities, like basically took on another personality from another person, you know, one main person, it seemed like. And then kind of some other things that were happening. And and, uh, you know, they say he's kind of the godfather of rap because he rhymes stuff and influence kind of that platform is this on Netflix, Netflix. Netflix. And um, so there's this story with uh, Andrew Dice Clay, who's a big comedian. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's uh, he's a big big american comedian probably one of the biggest comedians of the 80s and um and that's the thing his whole thing was uh you know they there was a there was a puppet act <laughs> called otto and george and otto and george um um george was the puppet which was weird and otto was the guy <laughs> and, and it was this dirty puppet that would just do these filthy ridiculous uh jokes and nursery rhymes and all these sort of things and apparently Andrew Dice Clay saw this, huh. saw the act, and took all the nursery rhymes and all the things oh, that wow. Otto and George okay. were doing, and created. Because before he that, he was kind of an impressionist. Mm-hmm. He did like uh, John Travolta and yeah. that kind of stuff, and uh, you know, wow. no, and he. Uh, so yeah, so that's the that's the back of the green room kind of conversation that he kind of took it and made it his own. Which I don't know. And how do you feel about people taking? Like being influenced by things, but not necessarily. Because I've taken from things, but not comedians. I've taken from Dwight Yoakam, oh, Snake Plissken. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like I've taken. Uh, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like I've taken from people, but not comedians. You're just taking like fragments. My brother, from your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Things you hear and absorb, right? Yeah, but, but then there's people who are so obsessed with comedy that, of course, they absorb. People comedy. did say, and when I first started, that I sounded like Todd Barry, who was a very great comedian. Um, did people say that you had any? Uh, not like really. Anyone? Like again, like I'm uh, Don Gavin, and a lot of these okay. people who tell jokes very fast. Okay. I'm compared to that, yeah, because they're in, I'm influenced, and, and that's my style. And also, then, there's a Boston thing. You guys yeah, all kind of sound the same. Yeah, rapid fire machine gun and then delivery. The, the and the accent. That's is, right. That's is right. definitely right. Because uh, uh, that only seeps in if I'm doing like an Alex Lodge or. Uh, yeah. Knights of Columbus or something <laughs> gig then I yeah like, Elks Lodge yes. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> in the beginning it's a little inside I love baseball this. Yeah. I love this now but in the beginning um, a beginning of stand-up comedy we're all stand-up comedians and uh, he and I've been doing it a very long time he's he's newer at it and so um, an Elks Lodge is something like what will happen in comedy is um, a lot of times like firehouses and things like that and like little social clubs will put on these comedy nights and, and they'll have like a comedian, a couple comedians for the night, and uh, they'll have like a buffet or whatever. And sometimes they're great, and sometimes they're just horrible. Sure. And, uh, sure. you know, they'll really kind of like put you back in perspective of kind of where you're at in your life, you know, when you're just sitting up there and somebody's Elk just... Lodges, you know, and it's always BYOB, which yeah, means yeah. they bring their own booze. So, you know, they just, just you know, they're dragging a cooler into the thing, and they're just, it's, yeah, it can go pretty bad. I mean, you definitely don't have a TV show while you're doing this. Like, it's it's definitely tells you, you need to write more. You yeah. need to write more <laughs> it's, it's like i need to like be you know dolomite find someone and oh, take right. their I persona gotta, well, I, I need to find someone and take their persona so i can get famous oh, yeah. <laughs> like sounds like a lot of work it is a lot of work oh, oh i like the question yeah. question from the audience impromptu where do we get our material from we'll start with you dan what do you uh think of stuff as i day to day and jot stuff down and then elaborate it more when i'm on stage 
so, example. Oh, like where? where uh, so Give me like, an example. Uh, I got this thing I'm thinking about right now, a playground that I grew up um, with and like how I, I haven't gotten a splinter in a while. So I'm trying to write jokes about how I haven't gotten a splinter. And I just mentioned the word splinter and people go like, oh my God, that's like a word as a child and it's a park and it's just you wrestle it with your in your head for weeks or almost months just keeping the idea in your head and jotting down little notes here and there, but really going up and doing shows every night to flesh it out. Um, but th so I get my material. Again, it's more, um, you know, sitting down to write and, uh, you know, I think life stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think I get it from any specific place. I just trust that I'm funny and I'll make that stuff work. Yeah, I have a difficult time writing. Um, sure. I feel like um, it, it takes it's it's definitely a flash of something that happens that that I feel and I have to genuinely laugh at it. Right. I become yeah, like yeah. an insane person. I'm like saying it out loud and it's making yep. me laugh. And I feel like it just has to be something that just genuinely kind of tickles me that I think is interesting. Oh, or I try to. I think um, I try to add things in my act. I feel like like I'll have a chunk of things that I'm doing, and then I'm trying to say, okay, yeah, I could use a few more religious jokes, mm -hmm. or I could use a few more of these kinds of jokes. So I try. That's Bil that would be minutes. yeah. That yeah. would be you know the the work would be going into that. Um, Um, I think it, it depends on the comedian. Um, I think every comedian is different. Um, I think um, I'm starting to get a little more pissed off. Um, I'm starting. I just think everything's ridiculous. I think the government's ridiculous. I think this this country's crazy. Good. I'm glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> we'll trade places. Can we go to your? <laughs> you got a you got a seat there. We'll, we'll go back. We'll just switch out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Everywhere sucks. Everywhere yeah. sucks. But uh, so, yeah, so l let's say that's a feeling, you know, and so when you have that feeling, then you can kind of like write around that emotion and you can be like, you know, this is and we have to be careful with that because it's a very split world right now. So and when you're on stage as a comedian, it's like, you know, you don't want to divide the room, but you could still you, know, you can play like w like with with politics with me. I, I do an angle where I don't like both sides. I hate both. I hate the left and I and I hate the right. Like I so I try to make fun of both. And kind of play that back and forth thing, and that seems to help. But uh, but yeah, I think emotion is important. Like I feel like I always tell comedians, if you don't feel it when you're on stage, like it's something that's not affecting you, right. then you probably shouldn't be talking about it. Right. If it doesn't make you laugh and you don't like you don't care about it, then it's just going to come off flat. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah. I don't know. It's uh, how do you feel the in the early days since you're you know you're just starting this. How do you feel like this writing process happens? For I you? take all my jokes from Dennis Leary. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first cassette I heard, so I just no cure for cancer. Yeah, I don't even smoke. I just have a family <laughs> cigarette. Uh, That's the karma right there. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I don't write either. I don't set time to write. It's just a thought, you know. Thing that was, just I, a flash. Years ago, I played a show at a allegedly haunted bar, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Six years later, I was sitting at another alleged haunted bar, and I was like, this is funny. There's something funny oh, wow. about playing a haunt. So that just became an idea, and then I would just yeah. be walking around, and you just build it. Can I ask the audience, um, what comedians do you like? What's Who, who do you enjoy? Uh, Don't say Russell Peters. Peters. <laughs> yeah. I love the Steve Martin love nice. here right now. Uh, Trevor Noah. Okay. So those, are the access, uh, those are the comedians you get access to. Sure, yeah. Okay. There's a growing stand-up comedy, uh, comedy scene where I come from, but uh, the, I feel the comedians are pandering and they're not being honest. They're okay. telling jokes that 
they think the audience wants to hear and therefore I don't find but here interesting in, in, uh, I find uh, comedians in the US or in the West in the West more genuine it's like they're playing to from their own experiences oh I like that it's very Something like cruise ship maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's uh, very well said. Um, I, I yeah, I feel that that's it ha- probably has a lot to do with you know they probably get in trouble more maybe right. I don't know. Indian comedians that I've heard. Yeah. They come to the U.S. They do shows, but it's mostly about IT, and then I yeah. start off being an engineer. Sure. Uh, okay. And then you know they make fun of the IT community. Okay. And then they make fun of a very specific community called Stan Brand. Yeah, well, you know, you just did half my act. Uh, <laughs> I definitely, but here's, a, and it's interesting that you said that, because I always wonder, you know, he if you couldn't quite hear it on the mic, he basically was saying that um, feels like a lot of comedians are in, you know, India, they're pandering to the audience and like saying what they feel they want want to hear as opposed to kind of like taking more risk. Things like that. And he just, comedians I asked that he liked, like Trevor Noah, who, you know, he is pandering actually to a very left audience. You know, he's actually, you know, if you're going to say that word, I think he's definitely, you know, pandering to that. But I also think it's like you kind of have to give the audience a little bit of what they want in comedy. There's a give and a take. Sometimes it's like, you know, you can't just have all these these, you know, jokes that are about politics and edgy and whatever. Sometimes you got to throw a little dirty joke or something that's common that maybe everybody will laugh at. Because it's you know a weird time, but uh, but I you would like me because I really just I lose the crowd a lot, yeah. so <laughs> the crowd doesn't like me half the time. So uh, you should have seen me last night. But uh, so yeah, I have a lot of problems with crowds. But I will do something that's stereotypical, but I feel like I do it in an original way. Like I'll take something like it and I'll make it because I have a joke where I talk about like if you're racist, then you don't get to protect the gifts of the race that you hate. Like if you hate Indian people, then no more tech support. Like you lose the phone call. Like you just you have to turn it off well, and turn it back three, on <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> so, so I do tap into that, but I kind of make it a sillier thing where I make it like then you just don't get it. Yeah. it. You know what I mean? If you're racist, then you don't get that service. So you know. So I think there's always a way to get into it. So we're gonna wrap this up, but uh, you know it's been a lot of fun. Sure. And, yeah. You know, for thank you, Larry, so, no, for uh, this, uh, like we had super meta and super weird. Was right? it? <laughs> but fun though, right? It was a blast. Yeah. yeah so it was. Really good but it was interesting to um yeah it, it was funny we knew each other but didn't know we knew each other so we had like a Mori povich moment on i'll explain who Mori povich is too but it's <laughs> exactly what it was it's like i'm your father okay um very bad american television you don't need to know more so um but yeah you know it's uh this is stand-up comedy uh, it's like what comics do we you know we kind of talk about this thing and make it a little you know more than it is but yeah. <laughs> why not why not <laughs> We love it, then who cares? <laughs> we try to, you know, make it something. But it is it is a craft that I feel is important right now. Sure. I feel if there's ever, um, we are, believe it or not, I feel the philosophers of the time. I, um, I'm i not saying I'm doing Socrates' work, but, um, you know, we are saying stuff. No, no, no. And we are, we get criminalized for it, and people, you know, you know, don't always accept it. And we always kind of, some people, you know, we're rattling the cage, if you will. So I think comedians are important in the art of comedy. And thank you guys for, you know, supporting this. And, you know, this is, you know, it's just fun to always just kind of, you know, get and make comedy, you know, talk about the art because I love it so much. Me too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So, Dan, where can we follow you? You got yeah, any uh, po- podcasts or anything no, you want to promote? Crone, comedian on Instagram and dancrone.com for shows and, st- and videos and all that stuff. And, nice. Uh, tonight opening for uh, Dana Gould. That's going to be fun. Exciting. Very cool. Yeah. And Larry, the audience slash comedian uh, host. What's no. going on? 
DennisLeary.org. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, that's the only thing I have. Uh, no, just LarryFulford.com or yeah. LarryFulford on Twitter, at LarryFulford. Nice. Thing. Yeah. Uh, Thanks again, man. Thank you guys for listening to our special live edition here at Kamikaze and, uh, here in Boston and for the Boston Comedy Festival 20-year anniversary show. Very honored to be a part of this. And uh, thank you to our live audience. And let's give them a round of applause. Yay! Look at that live audience. And uh, th- and come out to this great uh, comic book toy store. There's so many cool things to buy here at Kamikaze. I think I'm going to get a couple of things on the way out. And uh, thank you for listening to I'll leave you with this. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.